0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the Proud Podcast. Today we're getting into mental health in our communities. So May is Mental Awareness Month, yay. Mainly because it's something we really don't talk about. Who sits in their living room with their family and just talks about mental illness? Not a lot of families. And I think if there was more awareness, it wouldn't be such a, Sore topic to talk about, I feel like when people think of mental health, they end up thinking of mental illness, and the two are very different like you should always I feel like we should always have an open conversation about mental health to be a mental health advocate, you really don't you don't have to like march every day. It's really just about being informed, okay, so the facts are as such. 17 million people, estimated, had at least one major depressive episode. And of course, it's higher in women ages 18 to 25, which doesn't surprise me, especially in our communities where the Black and queer communities, which makes sense that we would have these uh, issues as far as like depression, anxiety, even just for millennials alone. I know we make up a huge number of anxiety cases. Everybody's stressed, everybody's worried. Just thinking about like, if you're not out, coming out is stressful as fuck. And then just kind of day to day, I feel like more shit happens to us as Black and queer people that it would make you depressed or it would make you anxious, Anxiety is actually the most common mental illness in the U.S. It affects 40 million people and it's treatable, but only 40 percent of those people actually go and get help for it. And I think it's because when we think about like our own mental health, we end up thinking like, oh, okay. well, if something's wrong, then that's bad. Not every day is going to be good. So like if you're struggling one day with like anxiety or depression and you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to, I feel like in the end, it ends up making that situation worse. Now, I can only speak from personal experience. Of course, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a expert or anything like that. But from my personal experience with anxiety and depression, like the longer it goes unchecked and the longer I ignore it. Which I feel like so many Americans just ignore any type of like mental health issues and just ignore it. So the longer it's ignored, the worse it's going to become. Okay, so let's talk about the lack of communication on mental health and mental illness in our community, I'll start with the black community. Like I feel like you only hear references to mental health when somebody is being referred to as crazy or the crazy family member. It's always like in a negative way. And it really only addresses very specific cases of mental illness. Which doesn't even go along the lines of I know growing up, growing up in a house where like I had super high anxiety to the point where I was having panic attacks. So think of that on like a everyday level, like how many people really have anxiety day to day? Like it's the worst feeling, but nobody addresses it because we think it's so normal to have this happen. And like, it is normal since everybody deals with it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to talk to somebody about it. In the Black community, nobody really talks about mental health at all. I don't think I remember growing up really knowing much other than what I was seeing firsthand at home. Like my mother, she has mental illness. So seeing that, that was the only representation that I had And I knew I knew it was different, but like there was no one there to really explain it to me. I had to kind of figure out what it was for myself. And it was scary, mainly because uh, we're talking about probably like a more extreme form of like mental illness, which I would say would be like like bipolar personality disorder, like that sort of thing. So growing up, having that be a parent and not being a child and not understanding what that was, like it was scarier than it would have been had it been like explained to me, as well as seeing depression firsthand. And then in my teen years growing up, I ended up suffering from anxiety really heavily and also depression. So I feel like it's a cycle. And since we don't talk about it a lot in the community, like nobody's really aware of what's going on or like when they should get help. I feel like it's really frowned upon to have a mental illness or to need help in any way. I feel like people will call you like crazy or like nobody wants to feel weak. And I feel like it's bigger than that, but that feels like the stigma to me around the black community and mental health and why so many people don't get help even if they can sense something is wrong you don't want to feel like you're weak or like you have to go to somebody else to get help for your life but sometimes you really you really need that and I think that's also a thing even beyond race is people don't want to believe that they need help in any way as for mental health and mental awareness in the LGBTQIA plus community, I feel like I feel like we need help the most, okay? Because there's so much going on. Just coming out is hard enough on your mental capacity. Or even like if it's not safe to come out, like there's so many situations being transgender in a world that doesn't want to accept transgender people. Like these are all reasons why you would probably have just some mental health obstacles to jump over every fucking day when you wake up. I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. And I feel like there's so much shame in our communities about mental health. And what it really should be about just working on yourself. If you sense something in yourself and it's starting to like take over your life, because it does after so long, these issues go unchecked and then you start to feel different. You start to act different. It starts to affect the people around you. And I think that's the biggest thing too. A lot of these illnesses tend to be generational. Now growing up in a household, With a very specific mental illness, I do feel like the generational hold, like if you're not getting help, then let's say someone else in your family is going through the same thing. They're going to, they might not get help either because they haven't seen what help looks like. Now, in my case, I had seen like my mom, she had went to therapy and everything. So I grew up thinking that therapy was beneficial and even as an adult, like I would still seek out therapy because I know there's just some things like you don't have to go everything alone. And let's talk about the effect that mental illness has on surrounding people. I'm speaking from experience as well, too. When one person in the household is struggling with mental illness, whether it is depression, depression or bipolar, schizophrenia. I feel like it's felt throughout the whole household. So imagine if you're not getting help regularly to combat this. Your entire family has to combat it with you. And it's going to take a mental toll on them as well. That's kind of like how I see like mental health in our communities. It seems to be like a domino effect, honestly, because if one generational wound isn't healed, to me, I believe it transfers to the next generation, inadvertently, but it still does, mainly because these are the people that you're already around. So when that wound is still fresh, a lot of times when your family is closest to you, they end up going through a lot of that stuff with you, if that makes sense. Growing up, even though only one of us had mental illness in the house, it felt like we all were very much in it. Every single day, it felt like we were very... I know for me, I can't speak for the rest of my family, but for me, it felt like every single day I was in it. And being a kid, I didn't know what was going on, really. I just knew something didn't feel right, and I couldn't understand what was happening And when it was explained to me, I feel like it was explained in a dismissive way. A lot of people, especially in the either in the queer community or I'm speaking from the black community, just when anybody notices these things, they're like, well, you know, she's different. She's she's crazy. She's she's this or she's that. But like that person needs help. So I think using quote unquote crazy which I really don't even like to use that term. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like mental health is so serious. I don't think you can throw around words like bipolar or just to address something you don't even understand to begin with. I want to say, I want to say growing up, the only movie that I remember that depicted mental health on the level that i had seen it we're not talking about like mental health as far as like anxiety depression we're talking about a little bit further than that probably like bipolar personality disorder i want to say the only movie that i remember growing up was like precious do y'all remember when precious came out i remember watching the trailer and i was just shook And it hit too close to home for me because I remember we had to watch it in school. Like it hit way too close to home for me. So I feel like that's the only movie I've seen depicting mental health. And like in that movie, I guess she does get help. Well, okay. So in the movie, this girl named Precious, basically, um, her mother has Very clearly, mental illness. You got to see the movie if you haven't seen the movie. But I guess toward like the end of the movie or whatever, like Mariah Carey is she plays the therapist and like the mom does get help in some way. I think that's the only time I've seen mental health depicted on screen. And that's what I'm saying, y'all. Like it's not even in our media, It's, it's not prevalent. Like it's not in your face. Mental health really isn't in your face. Or mental awareness. The only time it comes up is if somebody is being deemed "quote unquote" crazy. I really want us to take it more seriously. Your mental health is such a huge part of how you navigate the world. It's really, it's really bigger than we take it as, you know. A lot of times, so I really want us in the black and the queer community to do better. You know what I'm saying? Do better for yourself as well. If you need help. You don't have to be like stubborn or strong all the time. Like it's okay to get help for these things for even something that's as prevalent in our communities as anxiety, which is really huge. Like you should be able to talk to anybody about that. If you don't have somebody to talk about it with, then there should be options for you. I know personally, I don't have insurance, y'all. I really don't. So... That shit's expensive as fuck. At least in my opinion, it is. I also think it's a scam. But that's that's another episode for another day. But I don't have insurance, so like when I'm paying for things, I have to pay out of pocket. So that's when it does get a little bit pricey as far as um I'm speaking from like like therapy basically like therapy a lot of sessions can be anywhere like even on a sliding scale like 150 200 a session so it can get pricey but there are a lot of options that you can find and betterhelp.com I actually looked into they have a really good plan for month to month so it's more affordable and if you don't know what better help is it's I have it on my phone as an app, but basically it is online like counseling from licensed professionals and it like sets you up. Basically, you can choose your therapist based on pretty much anything. Like if you want to pick a therapist who specializes in, you know, anxiety and depression, you can find that. If you want a queer therapist, which I thought was really cool that I could find somebody already in the community. So I feel like they would understand me a little bit more. And I feel like when we pick our therapy, you should be choosy. You know, look up the therapist's like background if it doesn't fit well with who you are, what you're going through, then keep looking, you know, and in no way is that like a promotion. But I'm just saying that's like something that I looked up that personally I would choose mainly because, again, it is more affordable. So check in with yourself and your people more. If somebody obviously looks like they're having a hard time, they should feel comfortable enough to talk to you or you should be comfortable enough comfortable enough to talk to them about what they're going through. It's going to be less abrasive every time the topic of like mental health comes up, because I feel like it's so hush hush in our communities. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody really wants to address it. It's just like this elephant in the room out of respect for what mental illness is it's not something you should just be able to joke about like that's fucking stupid as hell like when I hear people refer to others in that way like oh she skids my girlfriend she's bipolar like it's fucking insensitive I know in 2020 it feels like everything's sensitive but in this in mental health like it's not something to be played around with and I think that that's definitely insensitive to just throw around. As far as healing goes for the future, I think the more that we keep having these conversations on mental health, we can start to destigmatize mental health and mental illness in our communities and it can be normalized instead of saying like oh she's crazy or oh no, I don't want to go to therapy because you know, I got this even though tch, you really don't We can instead have positive conversations about, okay, well, what is it that I'm suffering from? Or like, what can I do to better myself? I think it's bigger than just giving it these names when we don't understand something. Let's talk about mental health as far as a parent standpoint. Because I feel like at least from my experience or in the communities that I watch growing up, I've seen adults kind of downplay teenagers emotions as if they aren't real emotions. Even as far as like when it comes to love, you know how they call when you're 13, 14, they call it puppy love or whatever. But adults really don't take you seriously as a as a kid. And I thought that was so strange. Growing up, there was this huge gap between me and adults. I remember that growing up, like adults were all the way up here and then kids were all the way down here. And they just were supposed to have like a better understanding of everything in the world. But the reality is for a 13, 14 year old who is suffering from depression or a 13, 14 year old that's suffering from anxiety and is being bullied at school because they're different or they're antisocial or they're gay. Like that shit's real. That shit is still very real. And I think when we downplay a child's emotions, I feel like it's a way to belittle them. How is your child going to have a voice if they're not being heard? Growing up being told that you know I didn't know anything basically like okay well you're having a bad day you haven't seen a bad day yet like shit like that and the thing is for like I said like for a kid this shit is real as a teenager looking back at like high school days oh my gosh everything was so real because it is I feel like adults downplay that shit all the time as if you know you don't have any problems because you don't pay rent. Basically, and since especially in the LGBT plus community, I feel like suicide is so prevalent in our community because you're going through so much as a kid, realizing your sexuality, or even coming out as trans. Whether you're a kid or an adult, like that's a lot to take on. But the rate for children committing suicide in that aspect is very high. And something needs to be done about that because these kids are going through so much. And a lot of adults, too, are committing suicide in our communities, the Black and queer communities, at a very high rate. And it's at the expense of our mental health awareness being so low or the fact that it's such a bad stigma to need help or to feel suicidal. I also know like in the black community, suicide or feeling suicidal is hugely frowned upon, especially if you are from a black religious background. It's like, okay, well, you're going to hell if you commit suicide and people who commit suicide have no value for life. It's very judgmental. That's what I would say. It's very judgmental. And the thing is, if you haven't experienced that in your life, like, of course, like pat yourself on the back. You haven't experienced suicidal ideation or wanting to commit suicide. Good for you. But some people do. And I don't think you should call them crazy or say that they don't value life. Like, you have no idea what that person is going through. And the thing is, a lot of people had it so well. And as humans, we're so self absorbed. A lot of people don't care to ask you how you're doing. And if you tell them, okay, they're just like, well, okay. And it's actually, I feel like it's more common courtesy to just say that you're doing okay when you're not. I used to do it all the time. I used to say all the time, people would ask me, how are you doing? And I'm obviously not doing okay. I'd be like, okay. And they'd be like, okay. (laughs) Because no one wants to have that conversation. For me personally, I'm so guarded that I only have that conversation with certain people. But again, being stubborn, it takes so much for me to actually say like, hey, I need help. And I probably wait too late. I'm getting better at addressing it and like being honest with what I'm feeling. When people ask me how I am doing, because I feel like it's important, it's important to know that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not fucking be okay. And for that reason, I actually I don't even tell people when they're going through shit that it's gonna be okay. Like I try not to say things that are like super cliche, because I feel like it's used as a brush off. Like if somebody tells you that they're going through some shit, and you just tell them oh, it's going to be okay. You'll get through it. Or like, it doesn't really address the problem. And I feel like a lot of times people say it without really considering empathy. It doesn't have to be sympathy because sympathy, I think, is trash. It doesn't feel genuine. Empathy is like, how would you feel if you were feeling how that person felt? And Personally, I'm an empath, so it's not hard for me to put myself in somebody else's shoes as far as feeling because usually I can sense it anyway. But if you can sense that somebody's going through something, why would you tell them like a bullshit answer? It's going to be okay, even if you know or you think you know that it will be. I feel like that's not very constructive as an answer. So now when people tell me, you know, I'm having a shitty day, I feel depressed, I feel, I usually ask, well, it depends on the situation, but I'll ask, well, what do you need from me? Or how exactly are you feeling? Or when did you start feeling like that? Because usually people who are coming to me are coming to me as a friend or they're coming to me, even as a coworker, because I've had these talks with like people I really didn't even know like that. Like we just work together. But sometimes like really just listening to somebody goes a long fucking way. You never know how much that could end up meaning to somebody. Because there's been talks people have had with me that really help with my mental health on that journey. I know I actually, I was talking to a coworker and... I didn't know uh, the person they were talking about, but they were saying that someone had committed suicide and that person's response, how could they do that? Going through depression and anxiety firsthand, as well as like even suicidal ideation, which is like suicidal thoughts firsthand, I could never judge somebody who feels that way. Like once you experience something, you have more empathy for other people who are going through that. It was, I just feel like it's insensitive when people say, how could someone take their life? Because you have no idea what that person was going through. You don't know what they were going through. You don't know when they went home, how they felt. Loneliness and depression is very isolating. So a lot of the times you... Like you wouldn't even know what that would look like for somebody else unless you have experienced it. Mental health is uh, or mental illnesses are so commonly dismissed. I feel like there's signs. There's also signs. So I would pay attention to signs as well, like within your friends, your family, your community. A lot of people do end up showing signs of anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation it's like clues like you end up having to pay attention but it could actually it could save somebody's life i know even growing up listening to lincoln park actually lincoln park helped me through a lot of my mental health growing up i was an angsty teenager i was an emo teenager emo black teenager So you can see I actually (laughs) hung out with all the, like, anime kids. But growing up, like, Linkin Park really helped me through some things. Since listening to it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is how I feel. It was almost mental health being broadcasted in a way. And it probably makes Linkin Park sound like gospel music. But for me growing up, it fucking was. I hadn't heard anything to explain how I felt in any way besides rock music. So, like, when Chester committed suicide, like, it hurt my heart as a fan. But at the same time, I was not surprised. I mean, I was surprised because of the timing. But then I looked back and I was thinking about, like, Linkin Park's music. I feel like there were signs in the music. Giving up. Numb. There were so many signs in the fucking music. And there was so much turmoil that I had felt that clearly Chester had. But like, you never know when somebody's not doing okay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, listening to Linkin Park got me through some tough, dark ass times. But Chester obviously was struggling through mental health issues. and I could I could sense that after the fact because I'm like, oh my gosh, I was too. So there's like things you never know what anybody's going through, but there are signs. So just try to be more open minded about mental health instead of being closed minded and thinking that it's it only affects certain people. I feel like I've been rambling, y'all. <laughs> But I would say as far as for our queer community, going to the LGBT center, they do have a lot of programs for mental health. So going to like your local LGBT plus center, just even if it's just to check it out, just to have somebody to communicate with, it goes a long way. And in our black communities, we need to stop stigmatizing mental health. As if you only have mental illnesses when you're crazy, quote unquote. So in the future, as well, there are a lot of options that you can have, even if you want to download an app for therapy. And in your queer community, your local LGBT plus center, there's a lot of counseling that you can get for free, even So I would try to even find like free options first and then move up if you want to, you know, delve deeper into therapy because I feel like our world healing is going to have to start with us, like person to person. It's really going to have to start from within. And if you heal from within, we can start to heal the generational pain that has been covered up for so long, especially in our communities where the generational pain has been lasting years, if not centuries. You know what I'm talking about? From the black community, from slavery, there's a lot of generational habits and pain that's still there that has not been healed yet. So we just keep passing it down generation to generation. I feel like I've been rambling. <laughs> y'all. I feel like I've been rambling, but I really want us to have more conversations, you know, check on your homies, check on your niggas, make sure they're good, but actually listen to them. If you know they're not good, it's as easy as having just a simple conversation. A lot of times people really just want to be heard and in itself being heard is healing. So it starts with very simple talking to your children about mental health, talking to your family members about mental health, getting counseling for yourself. Because I feel like we go through a lot of shit on a daily basis and we just think it's normal. Like, of course, it's normal that everybody goes through shit. But one, you don't have to carry it on your own. And two, you should be able to find healing instead of pushing it away. You don't have to be strong all the time. And this is coming from a strong, independent black woman who would prefer to be strong all the time. But I realize I can't. Sometimes I need help and I'm stubborn as fuck. And I hate saying that I need help, but I'd rather have help than be sick, you know, mentally. Because it is more of a wellness thing. You can feel when your body is sick or your mental health is deteriorating. You can feel it. And it starts to affect the people around you. It starts to affect how you treat yourself. Yeah, so going forward, like the healing, it starts with us. The healing really does start with us. And I also want to say protecting your energy, that's necessary to your motherfucking mental health. It's real necessary because if you need to take a mental health day, okay, you should be able to take one. If you know you are stressed the fuck out, you can't function to a normal level or you just need, you can tell, you can tell when you need a fucking day. Like sometimes you just need a day. I feel like there should be sick time. I guess you could use it as sick time. The times when I've used a mental health day, I've used it as sick time, but there should be a separate, like just mental health day that you should be able to cash in because sometimes you have to and it makes a difference. For jobs, you don't want people who don't have a solid mental health overworking themselves at your job. At least if I was a corporate company, I wouldn't. So I feel like we should have those things. You should be able to take a day for yourself and just really figure out what you're going through, talk to somebody about what you're going through. And even if you just have a motherfucking day where you sit at home And do nothing because you're stressed the fuck out about how you're going to pay these bills, about your kids, about what's going on. Because I know we've all seen people out in the world at their jobs who should have stayed home to have a mental health day. You know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. And they take it out on you. That's what I'm talking about. It's really I think of mental health as like a domino effect. When it's not well taken care of, it shows and it sort of affects other people in the same way. It can also affect people in a positive way when you don't realize how much your mental health impacts someone else's, especially if you live with that person or if you're coming into contact with people every day like customers, you know, take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. And can I fucking say this? Let me say this shit. It's okay. To not be okay, okay. I fucking feel that from the bottom of my soul. It is okay to not be okay. In our society, it's even a common phrase to just say that you're okay when you're not, just in passing. Somebody asks you, "How you doing?" I'm okay, even when obviously you're not. People do it just out of conversation. Like nobody really asks you how you doing. How many people ask you how you doing? And they mean it. I mean, really mean it. Because a lot of times you say that stuff to like people who are just passing or like, I don't know. I feel like when people say, okay, a lot of times they're not okay. And we just say it to be cordial. Stop that shit. If you're not okay, even if it's just something like the other person doesn't even have to respond really. but just. Being honest with your fucking self, because I get so sick as somebody who struggled with depression for a long time and still has to fight to be happy. I'm tired of saying that I'm fucking okay. I'm not okay. If I'm not okay, I'm not okay. And I feel like people look at you like, oh, now they have to have this big conversation with you about this. Just hear me out. If I said I'm not okay, you can ask me, and it's my choice to. Describe whether or not I want to go into it with you or if I trust you enough to, you know what I'm saying, but it's okay to not be fucking okay. There's so much pressure to be strong all the time. There's also so much pressure to be happy all the time, like you see it everywhere, everybody on online, on Instagram, Facebook, you know, you post the happy moments in your life, but then that creates the idea subconsciously, that everyone is happy. And if you're not, then you feel out of place. But not everybody, everybody's dealing with something different. Everybody's dealing with something in a different capacity. And I really want us to fucking just cancel being happy all the time or having to be happy all the time. So if we could have more constructive conversations about mental health, and mental illness and reach out and either get help or even reach out to friends and family or even a co-worker and genuinely ask them how they're doing sometimes really it's all it takes is a conversation that's really all it takes have the conversation with your children with your support system if you have one with the therapist it just takes a conversation I look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. You can follow us at Ann Proud Podcast. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and our Gmail is Ann Proud Podcast at gmail.com. Bye, y'all.